every day I wake up with regret. If I made different choices during my life, things could have been different with my brother and he could still be here. And I felt like last year I wasn't in control after his death. I, um, I didn't trust myself. Do you know what I mean? What do you think your brother would say to you right now? The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vitruvian Podcast, a podcast centered around self-mastery. I'm your host, Zach Schenken. Today, I am joined by George Armstrong. George is the founder of Physique Academy, a worldwide transformation organization focused on changing men from the inside out. George is not only an impressive operator and businessman, but a savage athlete and empathetic communicator with a powerful story to share. I'm excited for our conversation today. George, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, dude. Very, very excited. Um, this came about and will be the encouragement to the audience to always compliment your gym bros when they're looking good. Um, I saw you on my way out of the gym, uh, obviously just looking stacked as always. And I kind of like through just a general compliment. I think men specifically often don't get a tremendous amount of shine um, mm. and positive encouragement for what they look like or just in general, we are kind of like void of love and external affection. So I always try to give like, hey, good shirt, good, good whatever. Um, and then it turned into a pretty interesting conversation. You were extremely open, which is always good to see. Um, I think that one thing I found is that it always is the like guys who are bigger in the gym and like further down their career, like they're always like the humblest and most open because it does take a tremendous amount of that internal journey to get to a place like you're at. Um, so I was really appreciative of you sharing the work that you do and then um, also just being curious in my world and then the willingness to be like, oh, you have a podcast, let's hop on. So um, just want to say thank you for all of that, of course, and let the audience in on how we found ourselves here today. Yeah, man. No, uh, you know what? It's funny because I always talk about that, what you what you did and you came over to me. I always talk about trying to um, give other people compliments, especially guys in the gym. Um, because I've got a coaching business, I know how far um, it goes a long way with just giving someone a compliment, especially if they're looking good. Like, I feel like a lot of the time people, they get jealous, don't they? They get jealous. But I I envy some people and I'm like, fuck, you know what? That guy looks good. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you feel like that, it's really good to kind of compliment someone because it builds, um, I think it builds your own character up as well. Mm. Knowing that you can just give someone, a, um, especially a gym bro who is in incredible shape, um, a compliment. It takes a lot of balls and a lot of um, awareness. And also you can come down and just show that humility. It is big. Yeah. And I do think there's a, it's an added aspect like, it's just like smiling mm. um, where it costs you nothing, mm. but it could mean the world to that person because I have no window into your internal state, right? Like as built as you are, your internal dialogue, like there are days where you wake up and you're like, damn, I'm, I'm looking puffy today or I'm f feeling flat. I'm feeling small. Like why is this shirt not as like tight as it usually is? Like we're all so hard on our inter internal self. So like if you're having a low body image day, 
And then some dude rocks around and is like, dude, you you have my dream body. You're like, you look sick today. Then it's like, fuck, you know what? Like the work has shown even on my low days because day to day your body isn't actually changing that much. But that dialogue can be really, really tough. So I think it is extremely important. And again, it's like a zero cost, massive benefit. One of those kind of few things in the world that doesn't require true exchange um, of like monetary value, time, whatever. And it can make somebody stay like that. Yeah, I think it's good karma as well, mate. Mm. I feel like if you're giving out good, positive energy and vibes to people, I really truly do believe it will come back Mm. in some way, shape or form. And it's just becoming that person who is positive and pushing themselves to give people a nice, positive um, outlook, compliment, and just potentially make their day. I think that's just a really true blessing. Um, just taking 10 seconds out of your day to say something nice to someone is uh, what we should all be striving for, bro. So I respect you for doing that. And that's why as well, I was very open straight away. I am very open regardless if, mm-hmm. if people come over and ask me questions or whatever in the gym. But especially when you did that, I was like, hmm, you know what? I like this guy. He knows, he knows, um, he knows a thing or two about um being nice to people Mm. yeah yeah and that's that's one thing we did touch on in that conversation which i want to kind of get to through your story is i i think i made a comment essentially like we enter this world of self-mastery a lot of times to build armor and physical protection against our insecurities whether Mm. it's we weren't smart enough in school or like for me i was just a chubby insecure kid on team sports i i I didn't want to take my shirt off in the locker room because i didn't look like the other kids um so for me it was like how to get abs google search and then that opens up this massive world because training leads to nutrition nutrition leads to biochemistry and then that starts this whole mindset world and then you're reading the great uh philosophers and all these things so that was my foray and I do want to, I know you've touched on in, the, in other formats, your kind of origin story, but I do want to touch on the man and where he began. Um, walk me through a little bit about your entry point into the world of self-mastery. Um, what kind of thing were you originally trying to overcome? Um, and then where did that directionally take you? And we can go from there. Yeah. So I, I was kind of a skinny kid back in the day. Uh, so I started training at 14. I used to play a lot of soccer, football, and... Um, basically uh like a, a really good team like a premier league team i had trials for at a really young age as a lot of guys do mm-hmm. um and they basically said like you're not strong enough mm-hmm. i was like okay cool so immediately i started to work on my strength got some weights in the garage and then built up um my body from there at such a young age where i had something to prove i had a chip on my shoulder and then that kind of led down diff- a different path of more um, bodybuilding instead of football because I just grew a massive love for it. But also in school as well, I was the the kid at the back of the class, failed most of my grades, couldn't really concentrate, didn't want to be there. I enjoyed school because of I had a lot of friends and I, I loved that aspect of it and also sports. But um, I really struggled in terms of academic studies. I just really didn't want to be there. Um, if I want to do something and I believe uh, in something and I'm passionate about something, I'll put the work in and time in, but all my other studies, I never revised. So I had a lot of extra tuition, um, a lot of arguments at home, 
and not wanting to do any work or anything like that. So I was someone who, growing up, was looked at that I wasn't going to achieve anything. Mm. So I had another chip on my shoulder again, on top of the sports um, of proving people wrong and proving that I can do whatever the fuck I want to do if I if I work hard. Essentially, you can't tell me what I can and cannot do. Um, so that kind of started some sort of um, determination and grit to always just work hard, regardless of if you're born with a specific talent. I really believe that hard work will beat talent if talent doesn't work hard. Mm. And that's kind of one of my ethoses. I've worked extremely hard to get where I am now with my body, mind, and business that really looking back, I I think there's so many other people who had way more talent than me who could be further ahead, but they didn't understand hard work or they didn't want it bad enough, essentially. So, yeah. Um, we could move on to maybe just being someone who always wants more, um, playing team sports, having brothers. We used to fight a lot. It was very competitive. So I'm, I'm born or was born growing up with that competitive edge. I never wanted to lose. I always wanted to um, be the best in whatever I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. If it was something I, did, I wasn't interested in, then it doesn't matter. But if I'm interested in something, I want to win. And I won't let other team members down. That's a big one. I was always someone who would play football, chase the ball down, and no matter what, I wouldn't let you down. I would stick up for you. I would fight for you. I would defend for you. I would have you back. Um, and I think a lot of that came from playing sports and having brothers around me. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about um, just what it takes to be competitive in the world these days, I would say. Yeah. When did you discover the new arena of competition in business and realize that, okay, this is another vertical that I can compete in and potentially get really far? Because um, at some point it was like the traditional path, school, you know, people are saying like, you're not going to amount to anything, but you're still building your body, training extremely hard find yourself into personal training. Um, but it's, it became a lot more than that, right? Like you have a massive, massive business that we can get into. Um, when did you discover that new passion and, and how did you kind of, uh, pass those, that competitive edge into the new field? Yeah. It's, it's funny because I was competing as, as a bodybuilder, junior bodybuilder. I had really a successful time doing it and I won a lot of competitions and the trajectory of where I would be, it would be Olympia standard without mm. a doubt. It would be on the Olympia stage right now. There was no question that I would be there on the Olympic stage if I carried on going the way I did. The people around me who I was competing against are competing in the Olympia now. I got injured. So I had all this energy, this drive, this ambition, which was taken away from me. At the start, I was a victim. I blamed the world. Why has this happened? I've got the genetics. I've got the drive. I've put so much work, effort, time, years into this practice and built my body. And now it's been taken away. So I lost all 
all the gains and then I was fighting like a bit of a a battle to try and recover but it just wasn't working I would always get some work and then I get knocked back get some work get knocked back and I was just like you know what I can't continue to do this because I had I had no money I had no money because I wasn't concentrating on anything else apart from getting my body in, in, in a place where it was and but it just wasn't happening it took like essentially five years to even get to a place where I had very um, little pain in the area where I got injured, which was like tendonitis on my, both of my biceps and shoulders, uh, which was re restricted me. I couldn't get rid of it. But anyway, enough of the injury. I thought to myself, right, I've got to now put this energy into something. I heard online and I kept hearing it online on videos and YouTube, on podcasts and reading things that, Imagine if bodybuilders could put their energy into business. And I kept hearing that when I was younger. When I was like 17, I was like, fuck yeah, you know what? That, that's, I get that. I get it. It's the discipline. It's the consistency. It's the hard work. It's the sacrifice. Day in, day out for years. It's the same shit. So when I heard that, I was like, wow, you know what? I could just do the same shit as what I've been doing for years with bodybuilding and fitness into business. So I wasn't really training at the time. So I just put my full focus and effort into personal training and building a brand. And that's what I did, mate. I forgot about having a career in bodybuilding. I forgot about my physique. I used that energy and that drive into something different. Because if I didn't, I was self-destructive. I was using a lot of drugs to master pain, smoking mm. a lot of weed every day, just numbing myself because I hated my life. Mm. But I was just like, wow, stop being a bitch. You're a victim now. You actually are. You're still blessed just get on with it like there's far worse off people than you in the world come on george shut your shit out and then i just put my energy into business mate and just use the traits use the the things that i learned from training and diet into something else did it take did you have a rock bottom moment or some sort of wake-up call to get out of that kind of downward spiral of victim mentality just kind of like that low vibration like numbing state did somebody come in and say like, wake the fuck up or you have potential? Or do you really think it was just an internal switch? Maybe that deeper self calling you to say like, there's a better George that can come out right now. Yeah. I've, I feel like I've had a few rock bottoms so far in my life. <laughs> um, but there was, there was a place where I was, I was doing a lot of, a lot of drugs. I had no money. I was uh, basically borrowing money off my mom mm. uh, for rent which i was just blowing up my nose and i was just i just remember i was just drugged up um i was using like a lot of steroids as well then um my head was all over the place i was i was overweight as well i was just a mess and i just remember looking at myself in the mirror like just thinking you're an absolute loser mate look who you've become um and it was just a like a, a big stint of abusing drugs and, and depression. I just got to a point where I just hated myself, bro. Mm. I just hated who I become. And I was like, you're literally your husband. You're the opposite person who you want to become. You're saying you're gonna you're gonna change. You're saying you're gonna you're gonna sort your life out. You're essentially a loser. Um, and that, that realization as well. And then after that, I kind of went traveling. Mm -hmm. because I needed to get away. So I went backpacking for like six months because I thought, you know what? I can't continue to do this. So I like saved up money, moved back in with my mum. 
went back home, saved up some cash, went traveling. Um, and then when I came back after that, that's when I started again, essentially. I had no business after that. So I had to, yeah, just reevaluate who you are and reevaluate your life, essentially, to then go again and attack it. What do you think separated or separates people like yourself who can pull themselves out of a depressive state and those that, which we can get into, um, and I want to be sensitive to the topic, like yeah. your brother, mm. who maybe can't find themselves walking out. Because I know that you and Mike touched on Andrew Tate's take on depression, that it's mm. not real. Mm. It's obviously kind of inflammatory language he's using for clicks. But the premise that he's trying to get through is that it is a state of the mind. And if you've refused to acknowledge it, it can't exist in your reality. But the nuance there is that it's very real for the people that are in it. It's very, it's maybe the realest thing. It's the only thing that they can see. They're surrounded by darkness and there, there is no perceptible light. So what do you think separated your ability to walk away from the darkness and maybe other people, even specifically your brother? I'd probably say perspective is a big one. Just having a, being a realist and having mm -hmm. a true perspective on your situation and life. And I think when you're in a dark place, you can't see anything but darkness and just doom and gloom every single day. Um, I think that essentially could be most of people's problems, having a different perspective on things and how they look at situations or whatever they've gone through in their life and stop seeing it as a negative and seeing it as a blessing, mm. potentially. Um, I think you're in control of your own thoughts. And if you kind of master your own mind and thoughts, then you will start to pull yourself out of that, but it's a habit, isn't it? So you're a negative person, you're negative every day, you think negatively, something happens, you automatically think the worst. It's a trait and that will spiral out of control, potentially, and can do, and just lead, uh, go down a dark path. But it's so hard to fight that daily, that war within. Um, people don't think it's possible. Um, and also as well, like people do have um, things wrong with their brain, essentially, and dopamine. Um, so that's another form of a different type of depression. It's not just essentially what you think. It's to do with your hormones as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, like I used to look at my little brother and I, th I used to think, how can I complain when he can't even get out of bed? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of shut my mouth, bro, and got on with it um, and pushed past my feelings. For many years, I had no feelings at all. I was numb. I numbed myself to get through life, which a lot of people do, don't they? Um, but that was the only way I could get through what I was going through in terms of uh, family life mm -hmm. and also what I was going through internally was to just completely numb myself and to have no feelings and to just get on with it. Yeah. I think that is a common path for at least periods of many men's life is you kind of just put the weight on your back and start walking, um, whether it's for your family, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for the business. Um, but at some point that inner wound, that kind of core issue mm. must be addressed. So I'm curious, when did you start to go 
back or inward and say like, I can't continue to numb, suppress, mask, band-aid, what's going on in here? Um, and what did that look like for you? As in terms of when, when we're talking about here? Well, when, and then also like modalities, like was it a point where you were like, okay, I've, I've at least gotten my head above water, like making some money, business going on, but I'm still like hurting a lot. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, no matter how much success I had with the business or how many lives I changed, there was just this hollow feeling inside. It just didn't matter, mate. And I was always giving and not filling my own cup up. Mm. I didn't know how to fill my own cup up. Didn't know how it was possible. So the only thing that I knew was good for me was training and eating well and working out. Having those good core habits daily to push through was the only thing that I knew because the drugs, the alcohol, the partying was toxic, um, which would lower my energy. So the only thing that I could see was the most beneficial thing for me to get through it was was the kind of the training and the discipline and the consistency with that. And I, I saw my younger brother dip when he slacked off the gym mm. and dip when he wasn't eating well and he wasn't getting sunlight. But I saw him um, get a lot better, have more energy, look better when he was in the gym training. So that was a, that was a big thing. Um, but in terms of like just realizing, yeah, it's it's just like, and I hit a specific goal, I just felt nothing. Mm -hmm. And then I turned to drugs. Mm -hmm. Again. Again. It's just the easiest, most... It, yeah, it's just it's just a numb mate. It's a, it's it's a numbing thing. You end up going out and party. It's like you're just numbing yourself, bro. Why are you feeling like this? Mm -hmm. Um, and then understanding myself a lot more is kind of what I do, um, on a daily basis. Because if I'm owning a coaching company, you feel like a fraud a lot of the time. You're trying to help people, but you can't even help yourself. Mm. So that in itself is something that I've had to deal with. It's like, how can I even talk to someone and give them advice when I can't give myself any advice? I can't, I'm not practicing what I preach. So I've got to be a walking, talking advocate of what I believe in. Otherwise my confidence plummets, um, which is, it's not a bad thing that I've got this type of business because it makes me a better person, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really special. It's a very bi-directional relationship. Even like yeah. podcasting, you know, like I get so much from this, but you also get a platform and then the audience, whatever size that becomes, gets to also experience the lessons um, through it. So it's very positive sum and it's an upward spiral. Um, so it's, it is a good thing that the coaching in and of itself holds you accountable to be the best version of you. What are some of the things that you're still working through on the day-to-day? -day? What like the current practices or pain points that you're kind of still negotiating? Uh, what, I, what I try and do now is, especially my morning routine has got to be on point. Mm -hmm. I try and do a lot of like reflecting and grounding instead of just going straight into work. I like to take a little bit of time to look after myself. 
Um, and that just means just coming away from the business, coming away from my phone, ringing my mum for an hour and just sitting out there with the coffee, looking over the rice fields. That to me is taking the time for myself. Mm. Um, because of course training, I'm literally killing myself in the gym. So it's like, I get a lot from it and I, I, I gain energy from the training, but the way I train, bro, it's so hardcore. It, it's, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like mm. you need to actually, at some point in your day, just be chilled and calm and ground yourself and just not be like pushing yourself ridiculously hard, whether it's in business or fitness, just be at one mm. and just be calm and centered that's what i'm working on because yeah. my personality my drive is just 100 percent all or nothing so that's why now, now i'm changing to the point where i can actually think a little bit differently about things because i'm not in that fight or flight mode all the time mm. i'm more creative like i was just thinking the other i was literally sitting down after the sauna last night and i had an idea and i was like fuck yeah nice this is why i come to the sauna mm. at 7 p.m at night because i had an idea i was creative mm. um and, and and in the morning as well taking that time to just read or just do nothing mate and i find that difficult bro because i'm always just looking for growth i'm always like feeling feeling like i've not got enough time time's running out every single day i feel like that and people around me will notice that because i'm on a mission i've got goals i don't want to waste anything especially because of what's happened in my life i know how precious life is mm. i i want to make sure that every fucking day I'm, I'm moving forward but what i've learned is moving forward is actually being calm and still mm. I like that a lot. You yeah. know, I think the SEALs have a phrase in training, the Navy SEALs, they say slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Yeah. Um, and another one that comes to mind is like the fastest way to get anywhere you're going is slowly because it's the only way to get there. Um, the reason I prompted the original question is because you train so aggressively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You push yeah. yourself kind yeah. of to the nth of your potential and we see these different characters whether it's ultra marathon runners, um, you know, somebody in the popular zeitgeist that comes to mind is like a Goggins type, mm, right? Mm. Just like stay hard, motherfucker, go hard, like run a billion miles, like literally till your feet bleed kind mm. of shit. And I have a, a mutual friend um, or not a mutual friend, but potentially I can introduce you. Um, a friend, Ryan, who says that God, he believes Goggins is enlightened mm -hmm. because he is, goes so deep into his mind through mm. the physical advent um, mm. that he has reached enlightenment. But it is funny um, that Goggins also, even though all of that training, he still intentionally out of his busy life carves out two hours a day to meditate. Mm. And I think that can't be, it's not talked about enough. Everyone talks about the physical feats. Mm. And it, when somebody pictures in their mind, George Armstrong, mm. right? They see this Jack Tan dude fucking tearing it up in Bali, right? Mm. But what they might not picture is that same man holding a tiny little coffee cup, calling his mom in the morning. Mm. That's the same guy. And both of those characters serve your highest potential. So it's, it's yin awesome. and yang. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's the dual edge to the sword of like having that mission as well, where 
what will make you extremely effective in business is that push, is that drive, is these goals. But without the other side to hold yourself accountable, to ground yourself, to get clear on the goals, be creative, hold space, it, the other side falls apart. Like you kind of, the the pouring from a cup analogy is excellent. And so many men, I've seen it in my personal life, like with my family, um, they become self-abandoning because mm. I think we're put here to protect and provide. And so for you, it's not only yourself and your actual immediate family, but you've built this physique academy family. Mm. Everyone's reliant on you. And so there mm. are days where it's like, fuck it, I'm going to burn the midnight candle, 14 hour day. Like I will do what it takes. I'll take one-on-one calls. But you can't do that for the rest of your life. Mm. Like that will be an empty cup eventually. And then everybody starves. But it's, if you can get to a place where your cup is just a wellspring and it's overflowing and that comes through the spiritual path, um, then you'll be able to pour forever into the mm. physique academy family. And given that we are in such a spiritual ground here in Bali, like there is just an underlying presence of a lot of people on that spiritual path, finding themselves through various means. Um, I am curious, has your time in Bali changed or informed the direction of your internal world? Like, have you met people that have forced you to look inward in different ways? Have you picked up different sorts of practices since being here? I love Bali, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I like, when I get off the plane, I'm just, I don't know what it is, man. Like, it's just calm. Mm. Even though like there's fucking bikes. Scooters everywhere. Scooter yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you've got uh, some decent space wherever you live, or just the vibes in general, man. Like, I needed to. I need to be here at the moment where I'm at. It's like I'm probably not going to be living here when I'm. Don't know when I'm in my thirties. I don't know. Yeah, late thirties or whatever. Um, but I think at the moment, I just feel like it's right to be here because I was so fucking intense all the time, just grinding and grinding, and grinding. I am like that, but I need. I need to be pulled back mm -hmm. a notch. Because I can be too intense, especially with my team, people. That That's never going to go away. That fire, that chip on my shoulder, that's never going to go. But I have to kind of harness that in certain times of the day, potentially, when I'm on a meeting. I can't just be feeling so fucking overwhelmed and intense all the time, bro, because like people don't, but some people don't believe in like burnout. But I think I believe in it because <laughs> I've experienced some sort of lack of motivation, regardless of how successful I've been. It's like, wow, why do I feel like I don't want to get up in the morning? Mm. It's like, hmm, okay, what is that? Like literally after I've hit a certain specific amount of clients or numbers or we've hit a target, I'm just like, I don't want to get up now. Yeah. <laughs> so being here, I've learned that I need to take more time to be still and be calm and be around, like see like surfer guys mm. and like what they're like. And I like to speak to people who are completely different to me. And when I travel around the world, I'm always communicating. I'm a people person. I ask questions, whether it's the um, grab driver on the back of the pad. I'll take that extra time to maybe go down a different route or to speak to someone for an extra 10 minutes just to find out about the life, where they've come from, 
that's what makes me feel good, bro. Mm. Like just giving to people who um, have never had a, never had like, never had a compliment before. Do you know what I mean? Like what you did to me, I love to do that to to someone here, to some of the Balinese because they're so fucking, so just really good people. Mm-hmm. It fills my cup up being around certain types of energy and culture that are just a little bit more friendly, bro. Mm-hmm. And I like that and I need that. Like maybe in Dubai or the UK or Spain or wherever, I feel like they're not the type of people like here. And I want to be around at the moment, that type of vibe, because mm-hmm. where I'm at in my own journey, I need to be more fun, bro. I need to not take life as serious, mate. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I've been too fucking intense for too long. And yeah, again, it becomes a fucking trait, a habit of who you are. But I'm, I'm, I like to have fun. I like to have a laugh. I like to play. I like to enjoy things that, yeah yeah it's um it's just i'm placing myself here because the people here the environment the culture makes me feel good bro at the moment it's not like i'm gonna live here forever but currently right now in this moment things are fucking great it's amazing it's actually very similar or i feel similarly with why I took this trip, you know, mm. I told you it was kind of originally just going to be one month, turned it into two, can't be longer because of some commitments I have. But, you know, I spent the last year and a half pretty much in my room, like mm. just scaling my online business, yeah. like trying to hammer into the world and like build and escape my nine to five and everything um, and what I'm working on here. And I was looking at, you know, moving forward, like I could keep doing that, right? Mm. Like the, the room isn't going anywhere. I can like save a bunch of money, staying where I'm at, continue to just try and try and try. But it wasn't exactly burnout, but it, it's exactly kind of what you're talking about where it's like, wh- why even with the big goals or even with everything that we're, I'm working on, why is the fuel running out? Mm. Like, And I knew that the answers were in other people, like you said. Um, so I knew I needed to come here. I didn't have anyone specifically to see, but like you are an example of mm. that. Like I knew there were people to meet Mm. and they were here and Mm. this is an example like serendipitous accidental meeting at the gym that's turning into this amazing conversation and hopefully our relationship into the future um but it is something about the energy of the island and it's interesting that with kind of what you've described as like kind of this like heavy masculine character like the the feminine energy of being still being playful even just the water you know it just calms you greatly Mm. just to be able to look at that and be still. Um, nature as well. Lots of nature. Yes. Yeah. It's just very, very calming. Yeah. And and grounding. Mm. Um, because there is like pace and energy to the physical environment that we live in. And like Dubai is like a city crafted by man. Like that di- didn't and would not have existed if we didn't just go into the middle of the sand and erect this giant metropolis. Um, and so it carries can carry a very different energy. Um, and it can't be under understated the value of the people around you. How do you now seek out, especially given your the size of your platform, the success of your business? Um, how do you curate your personal circle with good people who I can trust, who have got my back, who are very positive, mate, who don't chat shit about other people, um, who want the best for another man, and who are on the same mission who want to 
essentially change the world in some way, shape or form, give good products, give a good service. Um, and I, I think that's, that's what I do. I, I find people and I see people's potential and I've done that most of my career so far. I find people who have got that little something about them, but they might not believe in themselves or potentially things haven't worked out how they wanted. And I can see that spark and I can see that drive and I'll take them on and I'll build them up. And I just know that all the people who I've helped and built up from nothing, have got my back because no one's ever done anything like that before to them. No one's ever gone above and beyond and really believed in them and shown them there is another life outside of what they knew. And that for me is just the best thing ever. And just building cool shit is what I like to do. Um, but finding the right people is the game changer because they build your business. They look after the product. They look after everything to do with the systems. Um, it's like a brotherhood, isn't it? And that, that's what I'm creating. I'm creating a, a family, a brotherhood of savages. That's the goal, man, who get after it who want more out of life, who demand um, themselves to reach new heights, new levels, and don't accept complacency. Do you think any part of seeking out those types of characters is you going back to a younger version of yourself? Mm. Yeah. <sighs> During the darker days, my darker times, of being in a bad place. I just always picture me becoming the man I needed mm. when I was younger. And that's who I am. The man who my brother needed the most. That's why I started the personal development journey because my younger brother needed someone who he would listen to. So the days, the hours, the time you put into yourself to become that character, who inspires people, who motivates people based on maybe how you look, your body, or what you've achieved, or your words, your knowledge, your wisdom, your compassion. That's the goal, mate, to just become someone who I needed the most at my lowest, who I would have listened to because I didn't listen to fucking anyone, bro. Never. I never, used, I never really listened to many people because I'm not... I'm a difficult guy to, um, no, I just think there's a lot of bullshit is out li online, mate. There's a mm -hmm. lot of fakes, even people who have written books as well, just from working with so many people, guys may have some sort of, um, knowledge and wisdom, or they might be really good at a certain aspect of maybe a business, but then on the other hand, on the other side, they're not really a good father. Mm. They're not really a good role model. So I just take everything with a pinch of salt. I want to be an all-rounded individual. Um, I know I'm, I'm not perfect and I've made many mistakes and I've done some stupid shit, um, but I'm just trying to create a man that I would admire when I was younger, essentially. That's the goal, yeah. Do you give yourself permission to feel 
Like when you look in the mirror, do you see that? Um, <laughs> no, I, I struggle seeing myself for who I am now. And that's a big one. Like who I live with, Reese, my best mate, um, who I'm building the um, clothing brand with. He's very good at like seeing people for what they are and mm. seeing himself for what is right now. I could, because we talk about it a lot because sometimes I change my looks. Like I, I had fucking blonde hair. <laughs> I had a goatee the other day. Now I've got a tash. People will change their perspective of you instantly just by if I've got a tash to if I've got a goatee and blonde hair, the way I dress. Everything changes instantly. Um, and what I've built and the success, I still think I'm just getting started. And mm -hmm. I still think I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I'm very humble, um, very humble, and I've not changed. I feel like I've changed in a positive way and like I've left negative traits behind with the more success I've had. And that was the ultimate goal because I always knew I was going to fucking do something big mm -hmm. from a young age and I always had that. And my biggest thing was to make sure that I was a good person. That was number one, just because like, you know what happens. People have a massive inflated ego and they change as an individual. Um, I believe that the more success you have, the the better person you should become really, the more given you should become. And yeah. that speaks to your character specifically though, because we do see, like you said, a lot of people that aren't that way. Yeah. And I also think a lot of people set out on the path for success, financial success, whatever it is, to solve some of maybe those underlying character issues. Mm. And money is just an amplifier, mm. right? So you now have big business, plenty of cash flow, and that is amplifying your character and what are you doing with it? Mm. You're giving more. You're scaling back into the business, more coaches, more transformations, more brotherhood, um, and then even just messaging, building a brand mm. that can be transcendent. I liked what you said. Cause you know, I, I like very um, ignorantly was like, oh, do you like post content online mm. at the gym? Um, and you're like, yeah, I have a small, you know, following whatever, like a hundred K on Instagram. And, you know, I told you like, be proud of like the work. Cause like that is a massive accomplishment in and of itself. But what you said to me then was like, man, if I could take myself out of it, I would. Mm. Um, you're leveraging the personal brand for the growth of the brand, but you're trying to build something that will be outlive you. Mm. Um, I think there was like that Kanye clip that went viral when Lex Friedman was asking him, like, do you, what do you want to be remembered for? And he said, I want to be forgotten. And mm. it was like, it hit me really, especially cause it's Kanye and like everyone's talking about so much ego with him and everything. But he said like, do we know the guy who made the sidewalk? Do we know the guy who made the street lamp? Like that's what he's trying to build something transcendent. And with Physique Academy and what you're building and what you've told me about it is that like that is the mission, right? Like people might forget George Armstrong, mm. but if this brand mission vision can last on beyond you mm. and like you can take that and just hand it off to whoever the next guy is, mm. that's what it's about. Yeah, I don't give a shit about me. I really don't. I couldn't care. Um, but I, I know I have to do it. It's I'm obligated to do it because I'm... I'm the guy for the job. Essentially, mm. if I didn't do it, I would um, be fucking depressed, bro. I would I would be a, a wreck. I would abuse drugs. 
and um, I can't waste the opportunity to help more people by being selfish. I feel like it's selfish essentially if I didn't do it because there's so much potential and what I've been through, it would be wasted um, if I didn't push myself to the degree I am doing essentially. And it's like, I've had a lot of different therapists ask me these questions because I like to get their perspective on things. And they're like, if you like stopped helping people, would you, would you be happy? Like, I'm like, no. <laughs> um, and it's like, I don't give a fuck what anyone else says. Um, as long as I go to sleep, knowing that I'm doing a good job, that's mm -hmm. all that matters. That's all that matters. It's when you look at yourself in the mirror, like, do you believe you're a good person? When you go to bed, do you sleep well? Can you just go through life and feel like, yeah, you know what? I'm doing a fucking good job here. That's all that matters to me, I think. Yeah. Do you think given the gifts that you were given as well as the the story that you've lived, that there is a higher power calling you through this? I really truly believe that, yeah. Because you, you would say it's gifts. Like what I've been through, like traumatic events at the time is, is not gifts. It's like you have to turn it into your, yeah, your gifts. Like it's your superpower isn't at the end of the day. If you've been through a traumatic event and you've learned a hell of a lot about certain aspects of life or whatever, then how how do you look at it as do you see it as yeah? It's, it's like losing my brother is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Like, there's nothing good that comes out of losing your brother, or is there? Like I would do anything to have him back. I would literally start again from my business and just have everything taken away from me because I feel like he was everything to me and there's nothing worse that could ever happen to me moving forward now that I've got this new enlightenment where I live every day differently. There's, I can't, there's nothing worse that can happen to me now. Like I know I'll be okay. Um, I feel like I've, basically died <laughs> and been reborn mm. um through his death so it's like i couldn't give a fuck about anything it's just let's just go every day and enjoy it essentially i love that you said rebirth um the slogan or motto of the vitruvian is be the renaissance mm. And the word renaissance means rebirth mm. in its original root. Um, and it's taught like the reason that that is the slogan is because it's a podcast about self-mastery. It's a world about self-mastery. It's the work I do with men. Um, and that internal journey, like you talk about, even with your clients, like we can get them the physique, we can get crazy results. You see it online, but how do we make sustained results? How do we change that man into the person of body of whose body he's wearing? It's the internal world. Um, and it does require a rebirth. We see it in a lot of these different wisdom schools and religions like the Christ consciousness, die and rise again. And so it's powerful that through the loss of your brother, you experienced your personal rebirth. Um, so that's really incredible. What do you think? 
is something that most people get wrong about you or misunderstand about you? <laughs> wow. Um, what if they, they know me or they don't know me? Oh. Well, I'll let you decide. Um, I care an unimaginable amount about people. Like people would, if they they knew the the things I did on a daily basis to just help someone, um, whether it's just someone on the street or whether it's someone who's just served me a coffee, whatever it is, like they would be shocked um, that they think I was trying to be somewhat of a saint. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're like, "Wow, why, why are you doing that, bro? Like, why, why, are you, why are you doing that? Like, who do you think you are?" And it's like I've it's been instilled in me from a young age, especially with my brother, but also my mum was. I used to hate it where she was like, like if it was a homeless person, she would go over and speak to them for like an hour and try and pull them in a restaurant and then try and put them in a hotel for a night. And I was like, mom, what are you doing? Like, leave this person alone. It's embarrassing. But now I'm that person. It, like, I'm, I feel like I'm even more extreme than her now. Um, I think that's something that maybe potentially people never see. And I don't really talk about it because I think that people who fucking film going over and helping someone is the fakest type of shit. I hate it. I hate it, bro. I think you're an absolute fraud. You don't actually care about someone. Doing little, what I do is I do little small acts of kindness as many times as I can. Um, and I think that's my biggest, um, I don't know. I think that's one of the best things about me that people don't know. Like, that's what I like to do. I like to do little things that help people out because I believe in karma and it comes back to me. Mm. Um. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm an absolute psychopath, <laughs> and I get fucking angry a lot of the time. But I love it. I don't like to hide my anger, my angry side. I think. I think. I, I think if someone's not angry, or ever angry, or upset, or frustrated, I, I don't trust you, bro. Mm. I think it's fucking weird, man. Mm. Even like, yeah, if someone on my team is just not really being true to themselves if something's happened and they're just like yeah it's all good like everything's fine like acting all like just masking it i don't like that i believe that everyone's got another side to them and usually the people who are very 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 happy sometimes they have the opposite side of being this fucking psychopath <laughs> and i think that's me as well yeah and yeah. i think it's in it's in a healthy relationship with your anger that it's okay, right? Yeah. Like, I think mm. with the rise of, you've probably seen like a lot of stoicism content yeah. over the last few years, which without nuance, people are just like, oh, hide your emotions, mask your emotions, which I think is the problem is that's what most people think it's about. But truly it's about observing that you are not your emotions and that you don't have to react to them. If you are angry, furious, fuming, it doesn't mean berate and tee off on the team member who fucked it mm. right as a business owner as an operator as a leader internalize what needs to be said and then say hey like i'm holding you to the highest standard possible like you fucked up this is how we're going to adjust moving forward it's like a zero tolerance moving forward but if you were to just on a call blow up on them same anger behind the fuel 
just poorly um, delivered. And that's where the balance of the psychopathy, I guess, mm. um, comes into play, right? Like you can let out rage on a power clean and that's okay. <laughs> the weight will be there tomorrow for you and the next day and the next day. And that's the beauty and the spiritual path of training Yeah, is that the resistance is neutral to you and you can pour all of the negativity out there so that you can show up in love and empathy for your team when necessary. So I, I definitely think a, someone like you who trains extremely hard or a Goggins type, like there is enlightenment in that. Yeah. It's not just self-abuse yeah. for self-abuse sake. Yeah, I, I, I do abuse, I have abused my body in, in many different ways and I have abused it in the gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got I, like, I used to train and this is only just recently, really. Um, I've had to change, and this is why being here is good. Like, I would be exhausted, and I would exhaust myself out on purpose to conflict more pain on myself. Essentially, like it was, it was train harder, train again. When you're feeling like you need to go to bed, go and train. When you're feeling like you need to go to bed, do another call, stay up, sleep less. And it was just like, it's, it's not abuse. It's, it's self, what is it? It's, it's like self-harm. It is self-harm. And that's how I used to deal with and still do deal with the loss of my brother, essentially by hurting myself mm. because every day I wake up with regret. And I can't go out and just abuse myself in a another way in terms of like drugs or I can't go and take my anger out on other people for what I feel inside about maybe if I made different choices during my life, things could have been different with my brother. The only feel like the way I can deal with it is by harming myself in the chip which I've spoke to therapists about, which is not good. They think that I need to come to terms with the acceptance and sending myself love because that was who I was at the time and that was the choices I made at the time. Um, but like every day I wake up with regret, knowing that I could have maybe done things a little bit differently and a good way for me to, me to calm myself is to work out extremely hard and to push myself. Um, I get a lot of, yeah, like I wake up very, very, very angry some days and I'm thinking about what could be different. Things could be a little bit different. It could still be here. And the easiest way to get that cleansed, which I always say like cleanse those demons is throw yourself in a fucking extremely hard workout because I get to a point in the workout when it has to be, it's not extremely, extremely hard work. It's not manageable. It has to be to a point where it's really, really hard, but you can manage it and you can hold it. You can hold that intensity where basically you get this euphoric feeling. Um, well, you forget about everything, don't you? And you're in that flow. And that's what I chase a lot with the workouts because when I get to that point 
where like you kind of sometimes you will see the lights and you're like wow you know i mean i'm here mm-hmm. that's where i've got to the point where it's like that bridge between <laughs> you don't feel anything anymore yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> your heart is racing so much you're dripping with sweat you've got to this point where you've pushed your body so hard but you've got through that pain barrier where it's like no it's like you don't feel any pain anymore do you agree with the therapists um yeah i kind of do and i don't at the same time my perspective will probably be different in six months my perspective will probably be different in two years um but right now I couldn't care. Like I'm doing whatever I want to do to get through it. Mm. Essentially, for me, and I'm not the average Joe mate. So I've got a successful business. The way I am, anyway. The way I train before his death is fucking hardcore. So I'm gonna get through it. How I feel, I can. I need to get through it. Of course, there's a point where I need to look after myself because I don't want to fucking die or anything stupid like that which before in the past that was the issue where i pushed myself to the limit in other things where i've risked my life to mask pain which is something i do regret but i think that's why i am i have been humbled to the point where um i can't really judge others because I've been to that dark place where I, I really shouldn't actually be here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, what do, you, what do you think that you in six months would look back and tell you right now? Um, in six months, <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I feel like I've been, I changed pretty quick. I have been changing pretty quick because of what I've been through. Um, I feel like a year ago, wow. um, I've come a hell of a long way, but if I didn't change, I probably wouldn't be here. So in another six months time, I'll have, I'll have grown again and I'll have, hopefully a lot more i feel like i'll be in in control even more Mm. that's the goal to get back in control fully and i felt like last year i wasn't in control after his death his death i um i didn't trust myself do you know what i mean what do you think your brother would say to you right now um Wow, what would my brother say to me right now? Hmm. He'd probably be saying a witty joke. (laughs) (laughs) Probably some witty joke, man. He's always joking around. His jokes are so witty. Um, ah, I don't know, man. I thought about this a lot, to be honest, of what he would say. Um, I'm open to it 100% it's just like 
the issue the issue I have with my little brother, the issue the issue the thing I have with what goes my through had goes through my head a lot was whether he does want to whether he he did still want to be here or not because the way the way he died um, was he he took an overdose but he he rang he rang the um, the ambulance to be saved. And he could have been saved if the ambulance got there in time, but there was a fucking a massive thing that happened with the ambulance, and he went, ended up going to to court as well. That I just felt like he just he was a cry for help. Mm-hmm. So like all his life, all he wanted to do was just get better. But I felt like it got to the point where he had to kind of this was the last cry for help or something. And he was, he was testing it. So it's like, it just sits with me knowing that he actually potentially would still want to be here or not because he was depressed for 10 years. He did always say he was going to kill himself. So I don't know, man. That's why when you, when you asked me the question, what would he say to me? I really don't know. But, um, I'm dealing with things, but I'm very open to talk about them. I don't, I don't care. Like I, I talk about it to the, to the very last bit about what I'm actually dealing with internally. I don't like to hide. My mum's got her own battles. My dad's got his own battles. My brother's got his own battles. I will talk in depth about the very little finer details about how I think about it. Cause I like people to give me perspective on it. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you you handle it so incredibly. You know, I'm I'm I, even as you were thinking just feeling um the pain that you're holding. Yeah. And having a hard time not crying myself. Yeah. So uh, I just want to say that you are incredibly strong for how you're holding it. Mm. And brave for being willing to share not only with me in this sealed box of a room, but also the people that would go on to see this podcast, because I know that there are versions of a younger version of you, a younger version of me, a Mm. younger version of maybe your brother that are scrolling the internet and may come across this piece of audio or video that can feel seen by it. It's why sharing the stories matters. It's why opening up that pain and that wound matters a lot. Um, I talked on a previous podcast recently and as well as in kind of a breathwork context about, I like the word vulnerability Mm. because it comes from the Latin root vulnus, which is wound. Ah, okay. And I I like, wow, you have to. And I I like the, I like to imagine vulnerability as this old grizzled war vet sitting around a fire with all his scars and he's talking to the young guys and he's showing them the big, this story, that story. And the idea being that true vulnerability and strength is that you hold out your wound and you say, that hurt me before. And you could make me bleed here again, but I survived. Mm. So you can stab me here again and mm. I'll live again. Mm. And so to, to be able to f- hold out your wounds mm. and your pain, even arguably open wounds that are still bleeding Mm. and say, I'm still here, motherfucker. Mm. Like I'm breathing. Um, 
It's That's hard. probably what I'd fucking say, bro. Something like that. Because I put all my happiness on his life, which was, if you think about it now, it's it's ridiculous. But because I was so young at the time uh, and I wanted to help him out so bad, when he was happy, I was happy. When he was sad, I would go down and dip because I was so worried about him committing suicide. Mm. Um, so I probably would say, yeah, you motherfucker, I'm still here. Because that it really did nearly kill me, mate. It took a it took a piece of me, and 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 like yeah, like I can't I can't change anything about it. But if I share my story with it with people, um, it's the least I could do, mate. Because there's so many so many guys out there who would go, they're all go, we're all going through the same shit. But it feels like our story is the worst story. Our story is different. No one understands. That's kind of how he felt as well. And that just perspective on knowing that everyone else is going through this similar type of shit, but because it's it's the internal world, we feel like no one else understands, but people do understand. They really do, just because you've never talked and opened up about it, truly. So I am so open. Um, I'll only share it with people who I, I want to talk to about it, but I don't care. I've got nothing to lose, mate. Do you know what I mean? Nothing can really hurt me anymore from that. Like people can... People can think what they want, but I I will talk openly about what I've gone through because I know I'm a leader of a coaching company who um, work with men worldwide, thousands of clients. So it's the least thing I could do. If someone hears, the, hears this and they, they make a different decision, or they actually commit to changing their life or whatever, then it's fucking sweet, bro, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's all good. It's beautiful, brother. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think we could go on for a while, but I think that's a beautiful <laughs> note to transition to the three closer questions that I ask mm -hmm. every single guest. Yeah. And they will be extremely related, I think, especially this first one. So the first is, if you could go back, to a younger version of yourself and tell him one thing, what would that be? Wow. Have more fun. Hmm. Yeah, have more fun. It's beautiful. Secondly, what is one quote that has always stuck with you or that you try to live by? Oh. Which quote? Mm. Fuck, I've just gone blank, mate. It's okay. Um, maybe just a word. Maybe just a word. Peace. <laughs> mm. Internal peace. That's what I'm chasing. And then finally, what do you believe is your unique gift to give the world? Um, <laughs> my unique gift to give to the world. Wow. That's a good question, bro. Fearless, mate. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Amazing, brother. Thank you for sharing this space. Thank you for being vulnerable with me mm-hmm. and with the audience. Um, I mean, I, I cannot express the gratitude for this, even just this private conversation, but to be able to share it with the world is so amazing. Um, where can those that are listening find you and what are you working on that's exciting? Uh, find me on Instagram, George Armstrong or at Physique Academy, the business page. You could check that out. Most of my content is on Physique Academy. Um, I don't really post much on my personal page. Um, well, I do, but it's more personal stuff. I like to post things to do with mindset, business, nutrition, training, whatever's going on. Um on the business page you can also get me on youtube i've actually just started youtube which is pretty cool so that's going really well um a cool thing that we've been doing at the moment is i've just released the armstrong foundation which is dedicated to my brother uh so when he was um younger i just had this you know this vision of setting up a foundation for mental health to do with men so basically what it is is I fund it through my business, but I also will um, fund it through basically like fundraiser events, maybe like, I don't know, if someone's doing an Ironman or whether I'm doing a competition Um, and also the clothing brand, every transaction and every item sold will be dedicated 2% of each sale to the Armstrong Foundation where basically you get five free one-to-one sessions with one of my therapists Mm. um at the moment only my team my clients and family members or the team's family members or anyone who basically knows me personally will get the the sessions um if someone messages me and i hear them and the story um i hear the story and and it's real i'll be like yeah you know what bro just speak to my therapist and they can book him for calls and they'll have five three sessions Mm. um because when my little brother was going through his depression, there was just a lack of lack of support, mm. and it was expensive as well. That a lot of people out there can't find that support or have to wait for months, or just are not able to even get the support because they can't afford it. So that's set up now, which is absolutely amazing, um, and it's going extremely well. We've had some really serious life change and things happen already from that um which is amazing that's kind of what i'm trying to create here like i'm really open space for people to just talk communicate about the mental health um so that's been the biggest thing that's happened recently and also with that eventually soon when this clothing brand does launch and i start to really push the um foundation I'm going to be able to give that support to outsiders. So anyone really, that's the goal, mate. Um, I'll find a way to really make this fucking blow up because it's already working. Um, but for anyone to have, that's going to have to be fun- funded in a different way, not through my Physique Academy business, but through uh, merch and um, whether someone wants to donate, whatever, that's kind of going to happen that way mate so yeah amazing all of your links will be in the show notes for anyone who's listening and wants to see what george and he's working on um for myself you found us list 
listening on either Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can continue along the journey with myself there. You can also follow me at tw- on Twitter and Instagram at Z-D-S-C-H-E-N-K-E-N. Um, if you're a man looking for holistic self-mastery, I do run the Vitruvian Man program. You can reach out to me on any of my platforms just or go to the Vitruvian.co um, to find out more information about that. But thank you for spending your time and attention, your most valuable resources with myself and George today. Memento Mori, and I will catch you on the next episode of the Vitruvian Podcast. And if he fails, at least fails while daring greater, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat.